he put like three or four <laughs> of us in his car and took us out there. So, I mean, we knew nothing. They had to do literally everything for us, but they were happy to do it. And it was that kind of, uh, that passion for the sport and wanting to help others get into it that really drove me to love this sport. This is a Life in Motion audio experience, a podcast about travel, action sports, culture, and more. What's up and welcome to episode 79 of Life in Motion. I've got Sam King with me who is an avid rock climber, slackliner, and most importantly gives back to the outdoor community by volunteer at some of our uh, nonprofits that we worked with such as Beyond Boundaries and others. Uh, I'm excited to learn what makes his outdoor clock tick and how he's, uh, why he thinks it's so important to give back to these uh, community initiatives. So Sam, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, you, you know, kind of, as I mentioned earlier, you know, we kind of got connected um, by Shep, who who runs Beyond Boundaries, a nonprofit that Illumin has worked with. And we've had, you know, Shep on as a guest before. Um, and so so with that, I, I know that you have plenty of ventures and all that kind of ex- probably unique experiences as well that we don't talk about. But before we get into that, let's kind of talk about um, you know, kind of your story, kind of where you grew up, where it started, how, how you got involved in the outdoors and rock climbing and slacklining and all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I grew up in Centerville, Virginia, which is about 20 minutes or so west of DC. Okay. I was always really into the outdoors um, growing up. I liked going hiking and camping, but didn't really have an outlet to do a whole lot else. I was in scouts and had a little bit, um, I did most of it through that and then ended up dropping that because unfortunately we had a new leader who decided they were going to focus more on rank advancement and cut down our outdoor trips to the bare minimum. And yeah. at that point I was, I was kind of out. So isn't that sort of the whole point of Boy Scouts in a way? <laughs> kind of. Yeah. What I kind of thought was like, all right, this is the part that I really enjoy is getting inside. And if that's not going to be a big part of this, then this isn't really for me. Yeah. Um, so I started going outside, planning hiking and climbing, or not climbing at that point, but um, hiking and camping trips just with friends. And when I went to college, I was specifically looking at universities that had a good outdoor recreation um, program. Uh, I ended up, or, so I went to VCU and I got uh, my bachelor's degree in environmental studies. And VCU has a pretty extensive outdoor adventure program, which I ended up working at for a few years. But for that, um, I got into climbing, I think day two of college. <laughs> my roommate at the time, we did the random roommate, so I didn't know I'm going into it. I think day two of college, he had a pair of like old climbing shoes and asked if I wanted to go to the small um, little climbing wall at our, rec- uh, at, our um, at the school's gym. So we went and tried it and I enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. Uh, then we found out VCU had the Stick It or Whip It um, climbing club at VCU. So we ended up attending a few meetings and I absolutely fell in love with it from there. Within a month of college, I was invited to go on a week-long rock climbing trip over fall break to the New River Gorge where I learned how to lead climb. I learned how to build anchors and I really just like dove head first into climbing. And all of that came because the individuals in that club were amazing. They were so encouraging. They were so inviting. I mean, I had no idea what I was doing and they were like, no, here, we'll show you the ropes. Just come on out. All you have to do is go get a pair of climbing shoes and a harness. You need nothing else and we'll teach you everything. And 
was such an awesome community that I completely fell in love with it from there and found that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to give back in the same way. So I ended up applying for VCU's Outdoor Adventure Program, getting a position there through their Student Outdoor Leadership Program and became trained to be an outdoor guide. And I did that all throughout college and it was an incredible experience. That's, that's, that's awesome. So, um, so you basically chose VCU because of the outdoor programs that they have, it sounded like, right. And it was the one I got into. <laughs> well, so, so I was, I was going to um, share, share kind of a, a personal story on my end. Like, uh, you and I were chatting before I went to VCU as well. Um, I don't know what year you graduated, but I graduated, uh, 2014, um, but growing up in a small town in Virginia, I, I grew up riding BMX bikes. That was kind of my outdoor activity that I, I still do today. But, uh, um, growing up in the small town, not much to ride, not, not a lot of riders around there and that kind of stuff. So I knew kind of Richmond was a city with those kind of opportunities. So, I, so, so in a way I sort of, um, applied for VCU hoping I get into it because I'd be in a city that I could ride in and closer skate parks and all that stuff. So that's funny. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, um, that was one thing I, during uh, my tours of colleges, I think I actually liked ODU a little bit more because they really um, kind of boasted about their outdoor program uh, during like the, um, the student, what do they call it, uh, the orientation groups. And so I pretty much set my mind on, I'm going to go to ODU because they have this awesome outdoor program. And uh, that year, which was 2010, I came to VCU to visit a friend who was a freshman here. And that was the year that VCU made it to the final four. And oh, yep. I was present for that game <laughs> in Richmond. And it was, I mean, the city just came so alive during that. All the students out in the street afterwards. It was just such a good time that I was like, oh, nope, I think I'm coming here. Yeah. <laughs> this seems like a really cool environment. And I'd love to live, experience living in the city because and I grew up in the suburbs and I had never really experienced that before. So I ended up moving to Richmond instead and I don't regret it at all. I've been here now for close to 11 years and I don't really see myself leaving anytime soon either. Yeah. Um, I graduated in 2015. So we okay. actually had a fair amount of overlap there. Yeah, we, yeah, we totally did. And I was, yeah, I was a sophomore when the, um, when the final four stuff happened and that's still like obviously top you know, memory of my college, um, my college career is being able to experience that. And like you said, kind of all the, all the, the chaos that, that happened after it in the streets and everything like that. It was, it was a, it was a good, I'm happy that I got experience. It's cool. You got to experience that as well. Yeah. As an 18 year old, that was. Really <laughs> so, so you, so you go to VCU, uh, you, you know, you meet your roommate who you didn't know prior to, and he's like, Oh, here, here's some some climbing shoes. Let's go do it. What? And then obviously you kind of jumped into it pretty quickly, you know, from climbing at a, at a wall at the rec center to going on this trip where you're learning to anchor and all this other stuff that I've never done. I've climbed in a rock wall before, but that's kind of the extent of it. So I, in the, the initial start of it, I mean, what was it that, that I guess made you sort of fall in love with it in that sense where, you know, if it's something you never really did before, but then obviously, like I said, you kind of threw yourself into it once you got that first taste. So I knew when I came to college that I wanted to 
do some of these more adventurous sports. Uh, I wasn't sure which one it was going to be. Uh, I kind of joke about had I gone to ODU, I'd probably be a surfer and not a climber, just because I would have been right there at the ocean. Um, climbing was the first activity that I tried, but since then I've done a lot. I've gone like caving, kayaking, stand-up paddleboarding. I've done a lot of bike hacking, mountain biking, a lot of other activities. Um, climbing was the first and climbing has still been the one that really stuck with me. Um, one thing that I think is really cool about climbing is anyone attempting it at any point in their life can feel like this sense of like satisfaction with it. It's just such a fun, engaging activity. And there's a pretty, like when you first start doing it, you end up progressing pretty quickly. Um, and with that, whether you're a kid or you're an adult or you're just trying this, like, it's just such a fun, engaging activity. And it, it feels really good when you've accomplished it. Now, whether that's you made it to the top of the wall climbing in a gym or you just made it one hold further um, than you did last time, it's just a really great, awesome feeling. And I think that was one of the things that drove me to it. Uh, when I first started doing it, but what made me really fall in love with it was the community around it. Um, having that group of individuals take me in and sh just give me this awesome experience um, with me having no prior knowledge. I mean, we had one of the guys in the club who's a senior just loaded his car on that trip full freshman. He put like three <laughs> or four of us in his car and took us out there. So I mean, we knew nothing. They had to do literally everything for us, but they were happy to do it. And it was that kind of, uh, that passion for the sport and wanting to help others get into it that really drove me to love this sport. Yeah, and, it, and it's kind of unique too, like I said, from my, from my limited experience, you know, climbing on a wall and that kind of stuff. But, you know, there's kind of different aspects of it as far as, you know, obviously there's the, the physical aspect of, you know, actually being able to, to do it, but there's it's almost like a, a puzzle in a way too at least you know i'm sure even when you're actually really on the side of a mountain rock climbing but with with those you know where, where you put your holes where you put your your feet and all that kind of stuff to to get to that next spot and then if you fall down you're like oh i should have put my hand here i should have put my foot here next time so i'm sure that's really kind of fun as well kind of that challenge aspect of it yeah absolutely and um it really makes you think i mean this is one of the few I think high adventure sports where you are fighting gravity as opposed to utilizing gravity. Yeah. So it's very slow. It's very controlled and it's methodical. You're thinking about where you're going um, the entire time. And I mean, I love all aspects of climbing. There are days where I like to go out and try really hard. And there's also days where I'm fine climbing the uh, something that's well below my limit and just going out and having a fun adventure. Yeah, so you can go. I mean, you can you can have days like that, or you can have days where you want to just go out and do the thing, and it's really fun. That's awesome. So, so when you went on that first trip after you know your only experience, kind of being you know, like I said, at, at, at a rec rec room or whatnot, what I mean, what was that like? Because I feel like you know, I I would be a little bit intimidated, I guess, for something that's you know real uh you know ver versus that there's obviously a little bit more that goes into it so what was that what was that like and like what i guess what was the biggest challenge like when you're trying to figure that out or maybe there wasn't one i don't know i think not knowing what i was doing was a little nerve-wracking 
but the group I was with really helped out and really showed us what to do and how to do this in the most controlled manner that you can to go out and be able to continue doing this activity and not get hurt. Um, so I think that was really, that was really wonderful experience learning how to do this from people and not just um, YouTube videos <laughs> and then trying to go and wing it. It was really nice having someone show you step-by-step step and walk you through the process and be there while you're doing it. That way they can reassure you, hey, you're doing the right thing um, and to help you with that process, that learning curve. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that totally makes sense. So, so you got started there, then you, um, kind of worked within VCU. Um, I forget the name of that, the program, but, uh, through your college years, kind of the, doing the outdoor rec kind of stuff. So where did it kind of evolve from, from there, um, after college, you know, did, were there any like crazy trips that were involved or like, obviously, you know, on your Instagram kind of slacklining kind of transition of that, which is like a whole nother beast. Um, what, what were some of the stories that kind of came from that? Yeah. So I worked for the outdoor adventure program all throughout college and really enjoyed it. I'd gone into college knowing that I wanted to major in environmental studies. Um, environmentalism has always been, has always been really important to me, especially with where we are at with, um, with climate change. And I really wanted to engage in environmental advocacy so I knew going into college that this is what I wanted to study. Um, and me entering the world of outdoor recreation actually threw a little wrench in my life plan <laughs> because I had always thought this is exactly what I want to do. And then I got, I started working for the outdoor adventure program, getting really into rock climbing and then realizing, wait, maybe I want to do this <laughs> or how can I mix these two? So that has been my goal over the last, uh, since graduating college is trying to figure out how to mix the two because I graduated and wasn't sure if I wanted to continue pursuing outdoor recreation or go into the environmental field, which led me to actually not go into either for a little bit. <laughs> um, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do post-college and um, I ended up entering, um, like a lot of people entering the food industry for a little bit, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, and I ended up landing working for an environmentally sustainable restaurant in Richmond. Oh, I cool. thought, okay, if I'm going to be in this industry, I might as well align myself or work for a company that has um, like a similar passion and similar um, like goals. So I ended up working for an environmentally sustainable restaurant called Gavicado and quickly ended up rising up and managing the mobile side of the company. And this company at the time was just a food truck and now they have like two full restaurants and it's really cool company because they show that you can be a profitable um, company that makes really good food while not cutting any um, environmentally sustainable corners like everything that they hand out is 100% compostable. Um, it's cool when you go in the back of the restaurant, they have one giant dumpster for all their recyclables. They have a ton of compost bins for all of the food waste that comes out of it and two small trash cans. Um, two little trash cans smaller than most people have at their house. And that's all the trash waste that comes out of that place. Wow. And that is most restaurants, but most people don't take the time to divvy that up and pay for recycling, pay for composting. So by doing that, it was a really cool learning tool where I could show people in that job as well. Look, you can have a sustainable business 
and be profitable while also really limiting your environmental like impact on the world. Um, so that was a really cool experience. It also gave me like a crash course in business because <laughs> you know, managing the entire mobile side of the company and we had like a festival circuit that went up and down the East Coast musical uh, to music festivals, which um, I wasn't quite as involved with, but I was involved with all the day festivals that we did in Richmond um, and all of the events, which ran from like anywhere from like seven to sometimes 20 a week. We would have three major day festivals running simultaneously. So learning how to, that gave me uh, a lot of experience learning how to multitask and how to plan multiple events and organize and um, execute multiple events at the same time. So it gave me a lot of really great life skills. Uh, but I was also working like 60 hour weeks yeah. in the spring and the fall, which over time started to wear on me a little bit. Um, and during that time, I found that I kind of fell out of climbing. I just didn't really have the time to keep up with it. I remember in college thinking that or hearing individuals talk about how they are trying to get back in the sport. Uh, work's been a lot. They just haven't been climbing anymore. And they're really trying to find time to get back into it and thinking, oh, that's never going to be me. I'm always, <laughs> I'm never falling out of it. And two years post-college, I find like, oh man, I've gone on like three trips and I've climbed in the gym. I could probably count the number of times I climbed in the gym on two hands. Um, that's what happened. <laughs> Uh, a lot of that time to bring up slacklining, I kind of, I dove in headfirst into that at that point. And any free time that I had, I was out slacklining instead of climbing. It's just a little bit more accessible. The climbing gym was about a 30 minute drive from my house. And I could set up up to like a 330 foot slackline in the park across the street from my house. Oh yeah. So instead of driving, I would just go out and I would slackline. That but yeah, so I had realized that I'd kind of fallen out of it. And um, in 2019, unfortunately, I it was one of the most difficult years of my life because I had gotten married at the beginning of the year. And unfortunately, that marriage, um, we started to find some cracks in it and it fell apart. And I ended up um, filing for a divorce with uh, my former wife and realizing that, okay, I'm not really climbing. Now my marriage is over. I realized that at that point, I wasn't really happy with what I was doing. Um, I had left Godakata to work for a marketing firm because I thought that I needed to make more money and work like a more standard nine to five and realized I was just really unhappy with where my life was going. And now with uh, no longer being with the partner that I was with for five years, I decided like, all right, I need to make a big change. I need to go back to doing what I love doing. And I ended up reaching out to Peak Experiences, which is the climbing gym that I work for now, um, just as a part-time, uh, looking to see if they're hiring part-time climbing instructors because I wanted to get back in outdoor recreation. I wasn't quite sure how to do it. And I had uh, a lot of friends that um, worked for the gym. And I had been going there for years, although I hadn't been actively going because I didn't have time with work. Um, but I reached out after uh, that just for like a part-time gig while I figured out what I wanted to do. And it ended up leading to my full-time job now, which is um, I'm the head of instruction for Peak Experiences. Oh, for okay. Locations. 
And it very quickly led to that, apparently during my interview with my predecessor, um, George Florence, he had mentioned, uh, he told me later during that interview, he was like, all right, he was already planning on um, leaving the company. So as soon as we started talking, apparently he was thinking like, all right, this is the guy that's gonna take over for me. So I ended up um, within a few months, they offered me that position. Uh, I accepted, I was really excited. Okay, I'm really getting back into this now. And then the pandemic hit two weeks after I accepted the job. Oh yeah, wow. And we shut down for three months. <laughs> um, but when we did come back, what was kind of, and I won't say anything good has come from this because it has not, but because that entire program shut down, it allowed me to rebuild um, the entire instructional program at peak from scratch. I basically yeah. got a reset button on the entire program and it allowed me to build it in the image that I wanted it to be so that we could take it in the direction that I wanted it to go, which I'm really excited for because we're basically taking the three classes we've been operating for the last five, six years and expanding them to 10 or 11. Okay. In the next month and really expanding on not just having beginner classes, but beginner, intermediate, advanced classes so climbers at all levels can benefit um, and can continue to grow and learn um, through the gym. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, yeah, sorry. No, it's okay. That's, that's, that's awesome. I, I mean, one, it sounds like you're pretty good at a uh, quote unquote climbing the ladder when you find these opportunities, as far as, you know, the, the sustainable food restaurant kind of find yourself in a manager position, uh, peak experience is kind of the same thing. Um, and obviously the, 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 the divorce situation isn't good, obviously, but I think it was, uh, kind of hearing you share that story. I think it was, uh, I don't know if we're like, obviously with the situation, I don't know if refreshing is the right word, but that you were self-aware enough to know that this is happening in my life, my work, what I'm doing, I just, nothing is happy right now. Like what makes me happy and like having the, the willingness, the personal willingness to go back and like, okay, even if it might be a couple steps back for now, I know what I'm doing is going to make me happy right now, which is going to make me happy in the future. And I can figure out how to grow from that, which I think is, is cool to hear your, that kind of how that happened. Um, like I said, cool wasn't right. I think you know where I'm going with this, uh, because some some people, you know, they'll get stuck in those in those life ruts almost, and they're truly passionate about something, but they're doing nothing related to whatever brings that happiness, and then just you know, it just affects everything you know around you. So um, it's cool that you were able to find that opportunity and 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 recognize that within as far as like, okay, I'm not happy doing this marketing job. I'm gonna start uh, being an instructor again or whatnot. And then, you know, then you know, a little while later, you're rebuilding the whole program. So that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you nailed it there. Um, that's, yeah, the divorce was very unfortunate, but it did allow me to reflect on, okay, I haven't really been happy. I haven't been doing what I enjoy doing for the last few years. So let's go back to that. What at one point in time was I really happy? And that was, when I was able to, when I was teaching climbing. And so that it did, like I said, okay, well, let's figure out how to make that happen again. And I've been very fortunate that it's led to a full-time job. And I mean, the one thing that did come out of um, the end of my marriage was I was at least in a stable situation at the time, which allowed me to not need to make like quite as much money. So I could focus more so on what I wanted to do and what was going to make me happy. 
um, which was really nice. So that allowed me that opportunity to be able to go do this. And I, I love my job. It's, it's pretty incredible, like actually feeling like happy going into work each day and knowing that I thoroughly enjoy what I do and being able to go there um, and just have like a smile on my face. I mean, there are rough days for sure. And it can be a lot of work at times, but in the end, uh, I love it. And that I don't think a lot of people experience that. And it's just, I feel really um, fortunate that I'm able like to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that totally makes sense. So it's a kind of, you know, or feel that, feel that rewarding kind of aspect of it. So, so kind of to that point, you know, where you're at now with the, with the gym and everything like that, what I, I guess, you know, I'm sure, you know, obviously you're, you're kind of oversee all the instruction, but I'm assuming you still teach as well a little bit or that kind of stuff, I guess, are there any, like any stories from that, you know, where an individual or a kid or whoever, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's some stories or something or some, some more rewards from that, you know, helping them kind of get over their fear or whatever that is and work through that and kind of showing them this avenue of, of another activity. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I definitely still teach on an active, like a weekly basis as well as oversee like all the other instructors. Um, but why I decided I wanted to go back and do this was I thought about like, all right, I had worked part-time for another climbing gym when I was in college over the summer when I got home. And when I went home, I did a little bit of private guiding like after college as well. Um, and that's, I realized like, this is what I really enjoy doing. And I'm never going to be a professional climber. I fully acknowledge at this point, I'm months off from 30 and um, where I'm at in my training ethic, I'm never going to be that strong, but I'm okay with that because what I love doing is teaching climbing. I love giving others the individual to take this sport in whatever direction they want with it. Um, that's what I want to do. And that's what I love doing is giving them that opportunity. And I mean, there are individuals that are going to want to go climb outside. There are people that are going to be totally happy going into a gym and trying it once and then be like, all right, I did it. I'm done. Others that are going to get really stoked on it and want to keep doing it. And that's the opportunity that I want to provide. Um, and that's fine. I mean, there are people that like, not everyone wants to go outside and that's okay too. You can take this in any direction you want with it. So I've definitely had a, a lot of like opportunities guiding like indoors and outdoors and giving people that experience is awesome. Um, I had uh, a kid that I was working with um, just came in and got to do like a few, just wanted to climb for the first time in the gym. And I mean, he was like petrified getting off the ground at first and didn't want to do it. He climbs up a few feet and was like, nope, nope, I'm done coming down. I'm like, okay, that's awesome. Like, that's fine. Come on down. And so it took a little break, went back up, I was like, all right, pick a hold. Let's try to make it to that hold. And this kid was like really determined because he comes back down after that and goes, okay, I want to do it again. I need a minute, <laughs> but I really want to do it. And I'm like, okay, take a step and let's climb when you're ready. So he goes back up, he picks a hold, hits that hold again, hits it. And all of a sudden realizes, oh my God, I can't like, I'm so high. <laughs> um, and once he immediately come back down um, and the last time he climbed, 
he picked a hold that was about like a little less than a body's length from the top of the wall and made it to that and was like got to that point again where he realized he was just like getting really scared and we're like all right why don't you try going one hold further and he's like okay and he pushed himself and then we're like all right how about one more hold first <laughs> like slowly working with him and the next thing like the last two holds i didn't even have to say anything he just all of a sudden had it in his mind he's like it's there i got this i can do it and he climbed up um grabbed like that last hold and just uh the smile on that kid's face um was like almost brought me to tears it was beautiful <laughs> um and that's the kind of I mean, it's moments like that, that like anyone can experience with the sport. And that's why I really wanted to go back to doing this. And you don't necessarily have to even hit the top of the wall, just taking like that extra step and pushing yourself to go outside your comfort zone just a little bit and see like what you can accomplish. is awesome. Yeah, totally. And, and especially to kind of see those, you know, those, baby steps kind of happen with them and then he finally the the the, the switch kind of finally flicks over and it's like okay i got this i got this and he has that sense of of pride and joy and then you know you obviously feel the same thing as you know being being the one to help him encourage him to get over that so that's that's awesome so you're you're doing a lot of or obviously involved uh, a lot in the rock climbing community and that kind of stuff um at peak experience and all that stuff and you obviously have this this sort of background as well. You're also interested in environment stuff. Are there um, different organizations like outside of um, where you work that you know you partner with? Um, you know, because obviously, as I mentioned earlier, you know, Beyond Boundaries is a is a nonprofit that that we partner with, and I know they have different activities like that. And there's some other ones kind of in the Richmond area. But what are um, what are some of those and kind of what are, what are the role or like, how have you been able to help with those organizations? Yeah. So beyond boundaries has definitely been the biggest, I've known Shep for a few years now. They are, they're an amazing organization. I love what they're doing. Um, their whole concept is adventures for everyone um, and providing the means for anyone to be able to go outside and experience the outdoors. Um, so I started working with beyond boundaries before I worked for Peak Experiences, um, I was working uh, a little bit part-time doing a little private guiding for uh, a white um, a whitewater company called RVA Paddle Sports. Okay. They started uh, RVA Climbs, which um, was mainly like the climbing portion. Uh, they're kind of expanding a little bit and working with Beyond Boundaries a lot. So they're running all of their climbing programming. and. I knew them because my office for GoToCado shared um, the same building. So I was in there with them um, all the time. So I ended up talking with Patrick, who's the owner, about um, also being like one of their climbing guides. And so I was doing that part-time on the side and most of what I was doing was going out with either Beyond Boundaries. Um, I think through Beyond Boundaries, we were working with a lot of different organizations. And so that was my first kind of step yeah, with working with them and we we're going out to this little local area in Richmond called Manchester wall, which I'm, uh, you're probably familiar with. Yeah. yeah. We, we actually did a, a shirt collaboration with uh, beyond boundaries that oh, kind of, that, that, that focused on that wall. So yeah. Right. I forgot about that. That's awesome. I have one of those shirts. Oh, well, awesome. <laughs> Thank you for supporting them that way too. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so I was taking um, people there and working with Beyond Boundaries um, for that. And then uh, when I started working for Peak, uh, I had stopped working for RVA Climbs and I uh, was really excited to, like Shep and I started talking again as well, because at the time um, my predecessor, George, was trying to expand Peak's adaptive climbing program. Um, and one of the reasons why he was looking to replace himself as the head instructor was he was looking to focus on adaptive climbing. Um, so he was planning on doing that and we were working closely with Beyond Boundaries and Sportable, which is another organization that we share a building with at Peak. Um, they're amazing as well. They provide uh, access to adaptive sports, all types. I mean, they do like tennis, basketball, bunch of like, uh, they're, they have a pretty massive uh, programming list for adaptive athletes. So we were working with them and right as I came on with Peak, we did this uh, fundraiser where all of the climbing organizations in the city came together, did this mile high climb challenge where over the course of a month, you wrote down, like you kept track of how high you climbed. So all of our, um, all the areas in the gym, we had listed like how tall they were. You kept track of how, how, how tall you climbed. And if you climbed a vertical mile within the month, you're entered into this raffle. The whole thing was a fundraiser so that we could bring in Paradox Sports to do an adaptive climbing clinic um, for all of us. And I mean, this was Peak Experiences, Triangle Rock Club, who is our main competitor in Richmond, BCU's Outdoor Adventure Program, the Cary Street Gym, um, Sportable, Beyond Boundaries. I don't think I'm, I think I'm getting everyone there. I'm hoping I'm not missing <laughs> anyone. Um, but we all came together uh, to fundraise to bring them in because we all wanted to make climbing more accessible. Um, and one of our goals at peak was universal accessibility for adaptive athletes. Um, that is still a goal. The pandemic has pushed that back significantly um, in an unfortunate way, but we're working on that again. Our goal was to have it at first be at least one day a month, then one week or uh, one day a week. And then with the hopes of it being um, in the future all the time where anyone who's coming in who needs some, who needs an adaptive system to help them up the wall or to allow them uh, the ability to climb can do it at any point in time. So if you are an athlete that needs a system where you're, um, let's say paralyzed from the waist down, and so you need a mechanical assistance system that allows you to climb the wall self-sufficiently. You don't just have to come in on Wednesday at 7 p.m. this day and climb this one route that we have set up isolated in a small section of the gym. So you can come in at any point in time during like this day, climb anywhere in the wall and we will have instructors that know um, how to set up certain systems to be able to allow you to climb anywhere in the gym at any point. And That's so awesome. you're just coming in and you're climbing with everyone else, like everyone else, because you are like everyone else. Yeah. You're a climber, like you want to climb and we'll make that possible. So that is still our goal. And we're working hard at making that happen again. So we're starting to get back on track with it, which I'm very excited about. Um, we're hopefully going to be doing in the next month, a clinic. Um, to teach uh, other instructors how to set up different systems to be able to help certain individuals uh, or just figure out like 
teach people ways uh, to make climbing more accessible because anyone can climb. It just takes um, a little ingenuity. Yeah, for sure. And that's so cool because, you know, what, what you are doing there, obviously what um, Chef and Beyond Boundaries and Sportable and all these different organizations are doing, because I mean, I, I I've done, haven't done the study myself, so I don't know if I'm right or not, but I would assume that if you ask just about any random person off the street, um, if, if somebody in a wheelchair that's paralyzed from the waist down or can't see or anything like that, well, could they ever go on a raft or could they ever rock climb or could they ever do this? And these programs, like what you're doing, like I said, all the others, I mean, that just, you know, proves any of that theory wrong. Like, Hey, you know, there's, you're just like us, no matter what, what the situation may be. And this is how we're going to allow you to be just like us. You know, we're going to go out, out of our way to an extent, you know, to make sure that, you know, it's all inclusive. You can enjoy it as well. And you don't have to, uh, you don't have to look at it as a, as a disability. It's, it's, it's an ability still to do it. So that's, that's really cool. Cause I think that's important that, like I said, probably most people kind of get stuck in that rut. If they see somebody in that situation, like, Oh, what are they ever going to do? Well, that's not true. You know? So, so those things are cool that kind of expand that community in that way. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like, when I say I want, like my passion is making or giving individuals the tools to be able to take the sport in any direction they want with it. That means everybody, like anybody can climb, um, anybody at all. It just depends, uh, or they might just need a little extra assistance or they might need um, certain systems that allow them to be able to climb um, to the best of their ability. So these uh, learning these programs and learning um, like how to do these things to make this more accessible was a big goal for us. And I'm really excited that we're starting to work toward or that we're now like back on track and starting to build these programs. So I think you know, a lot of people are told that oh, you, whether this is something like you're born um, with either a certain condition or you have an accident that ends up leading to um, some type of disability and now an individual is living with it for the rest of their life. I hear often people told like, all right, you're never gonna do this. You're never gonna do this again. And a lot of those, that's just not true. You absolutely can do it. It just might take a little bit of innovation. <laughs> it might yeah. take a little bit, um, it's going to take trial and error. It's going to take figuring out how to make it possible, but it is. And I mean, everything and anything is possible. You just takes a little ingenuity and probably a fair amount of sweat. Yeah. And you can totally make it happen. So I'm really excited to be, um, to be doing this, um, to be able to work with uh, Beyond Boundaries and through Peak having um, now a venue uh, too. So working for the climbing gym has opened up that access where now we can work with them and we can set up anywhere in the gym, um, which is nice. It It's a little bit easier than when we do go out to like say Manchester wall or somewhere just because we have a little bit, uh, I mean, just the gym environment in general is more that I can do ahead of time. Um, and there's more controllable variables there, but um, that's not to say that we can't go outside as well. So uh, I was actually talking with um, Shep just very briefly after um, we, the Beyond Boundaries just made a, a short film 
about um, three of their athletes. It's really incredible. It was really awesome. Uh, I got to be, uh, I got to help out with the climbing portion with one of our athletes, Janie, who was amazing. <laughs> she was awesome. Um, we got to work with them and I uh, was saying that, okay, now the wheels are turning on how can we go out to Manchester? How can we go do this outside in certain ways? Like, and that's one thing that I love is just coming up with creative solutions for anyone because with a lot of athletes too, the most important thing is talking with them and finding out what's going to make you happy. What, what's going to make you fulfilled? What, what do you want to do? Not just, okay, you, um, so I'm going to use, uh, Janie as an example, um, she was awesome. I loved working with her. So Janie has um, cerebral palsy. And so she is in a wheelchair and going up climbing the wall, I could set up a system where she self-sufficiently climbs a rope using a mechanical assistance machine um, system where she's solely climbing the rope and she can do it 100% on her own. Wow. But, that's not necessarily what she wants to do. She wants to grab the wall. She wants to grab the holds. She wants to pull herself up climbing the wall. So, okay, let's do that. Let's set up a system then too, where I might be slightly assisting you now, but you're grasping the wall and you're pulling yourself up on the actual holds. And that's what she loves. And that's what she really enjoyed. So that's like the most important aspect of this is talking with individuals and finding out what is it that you want to do and let's figure out a way to make that happen. Yeah, that's awesome. And to, to be able to think outside though, because that's, you know, to my point earlier, that's one thing I didn't even really think about, you know, well, just cause you have this machine or whatever to your point, maybe they don't want to use it that way or they want to still be a little more self-sufficient or whatnot. So be able to be able to think outside of the box and communicate with, you know, the individual to be able to kind of help them reach their goals in that way is, is awesome. And back to the original thing, kind of rewarding, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we had another athlete during the paradox clinic um, and uh, apologize. I can't remember his name right now. It's been a few years. Um, but he had some weakness in his legs where he could push down and he could walk, but he couldn't lift his legs up. And so um, he had tried an adaptive system before where his legs are on um, an ascender on fixed lines and he's pulling, uh, so he's able to pull his legs up, but they're basically tethered to the wall and he didn't like it. He didn't really enjoy it. didn't really want to keep doing it because it just, it didn't feel like he, or to him, he didn't feel like he was climbing and didn't really enjoy that, that setup. So we talked about it and tried to figure out like, okay, what can work? And he's able to push down, he just couldn't pull up. So we like, while talking with them, realized, what if we did this? And we attached, um, so club hitched a sling to each of his climbing shoes. Um, to his feet and then ran the sling up his harness like through the leg loops and then attached a carabiner there. So now he could climb on the wall and when he was ready to move his leg up, he could reach down, grab the carabiner and using his arm, he could assist moving his leg onto ah. the floor and then he could push up and he could climb the wall and he could climb anywhere. Now using this format, there's no rope system that needs to be set up. He can just tie in and climb anything wherever he wants. And he's fully on the wall, fully self-sufficient, doing it all himself and loved it. And <laughs> had like such a better time. 
And so that's like the most important thing here. It's just, okay, what, what's going to make you happy? Like, what are you going to enjoy doing? And sometimes it takes some trial and error. It takes trying a few different systems, but we can make it work. And if one doesn't work, let's try another. So maybe that one will. That's awesome. That's a, no, that's a great idea. How, how you figured that one out. I, I don't think I would have thought of that, but <laughs> that's, that's awesome. So you, you kind of, um, you know, obviously you kind of going back to the beginning, obviously you got super into rock climbing in that community in the first place, essentially because somebody else within that, that was already there in the community in the college kind of brought you into it. And then you met another little community within it and then kind of grew from there. Obviously, you know, you've, you've used that through or over the years and kind of now are back at it and finding these ways to help individuals and broaden these programs and do all that stuff. So I guess my question is, you know, knowing all that, what, what is a piece of advice that you have for someone that's, you know, maybe, maybe they're trying to get, trying to figure out how to start a program like that themselves, you know, or get, or build a community like that themselves. Maybe it's somewhere that's not, you know, a city like Richmond or somewhere else, but so as, you know, access to a rock wall or something like that. What is the, what is the, I guess the best piece of advice to kind of grow that community and then be able to kind of open up and expand for these different things that, that you've expanded to? Yeah. So the first thing I would say is don't let anyone tell you, you can't do something. You can do anything you want to do. You can do anything you put your mind to. It just might take a little ingenuity to make it happen. Um, so don't let anyone tell you you can't do something. Uh, to expand some of these programs, I think one of the biggest things is just listening. Um, so talk or to expand the program first, find if you can find other individuals who are passionate and work together through trial and error to make make the program work. I mean, a lot of uh, a lot of the things that I'm doing now, I didn't come up with. Other individuals came up with, and I learned from other people. So collaborate with others, reach out to other organizations that have already done it and have made it work and ask them like, so what did you do? What worked? What didn't work? And then build on there, like build from there. Um, one of the reasons I've always like absolutely loved uh, science like growing up is you're never done uh, like science is never finished. You never <laughs> sound like, okay, this is the end of something. You are always just building a little bit on the people that came before you. And so programs and climbing, it's the same way. We're all just like every generation is just building on what the previous one accomplished. So collaborate with others and um, find like, okay, what worked for them? And then like, you don't need to reinvent the wheel you can start from where they're at and then innovate and build those programs yourself and help advance it for the next generation. Um, there's the Isaac uh, Newton quote too that I absolutely love. That is, if I've seen farther than others, it's by standing upon the shoulders of giants because that's what we're doing. We're just building on the next generation. So that's my biggest advice is reach out to organizations, figure out what they're doing, um, what they did right, what they didn't do, um, and then go from there and help like push that one step further. That's awesome. No, I, I love it. I think that's perfect. So if, 
um, if maybe somebody's in Richmond or the Virginia area, Richmond area, um, once to once to get involved, see what you all are up to, or maybe they just want to find some inspiration as well. Where where can people, um, you know, kind of uh, find Peak online and all that good stuff, or, or any other programs that you all have going on? Uh, yeah, so for Peak uh, PeakExperiences.com um, is the best place to find information, um, or just call the gym and ask us what we have going on. Uh, so we are greatly expanding our programming as well. So uh, check us out online, see everything that we um, are going to be launching in January because it's it's a lot. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to have a lot on my plate and I am ecstatic about it. Um, for other organizations that we partner with as well, Beyond Boundaries is awesome, uh, amazing organization. And I love being able to work with them. Um, Shep and Kyle are doing awesome work. Um, Jacob's Chance is another one. We share space with them in the score building in Richmond uh, for Peak Experiences. They're another wonderful organization um, that we're working with and Sportable as well. Sportable is an amazing program working uh, to expand adaptive sports. So I highly encourage everyone to check them out. Awesome. Well, everyone definitely make sure, um, like you said, check them out, see what, uh, see what they're up to. It uh, sounds like it's going to be plenty busy um, at peak with uh, the new year. So make sure if you are local there, go check them out. Make sure he stays busy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Sam, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and kind of your background, how you got involved and how you've expanded into this community. And, you know, it sounds like making a really big impact within that community and helping others, you know, no matter what their situation is. So uh, thank you for doing that, first of all. And, and thank you for, for being on the show today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. Thanks for listening. And hey, if you've made it this far and like what you've heard, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about life emotion. Until next time.